Welcome to You Took It Too Far, a not very funny podcast. I am your host, Charlie Clark. This is going to be a weekly show with a special guest each time we're in here. We're going to be talking about daily absurdities, campus happenings, and any other topic that is pertinent to the show. A comedy podcast about everything and anything, and sometimes we will take it too far. Okay, episode two of You Took It Too Far. Welcome back, and if it's your first time here, glad that you're here. I do want to clear something up on the last episode with a very funny man, Henry Roach. I did say in the beginning of the episode that it was episode two. That was a mistake on my part because we had a technical failure with the very first recording of this with a fellow named Chris Galbazan. He will be back in as a guest at a later date. And to talk about that technical failure, I want to introduce my producer, Will. Producer Will, how are you today? I'm all right. How are you, Charlie? Not too bad. Producer Will has been in over my shoulder the entire time. He is a vital aspect of this show. He keeps an eye on all the computer stuff that I have no idea how to operate and make sure we stay on topic, stays on task, and cover everything we need. And I just want to thank you for that on air. means a lot, Charlie. Can you give me a little insight, though? Because, like I said, I don't understand any of the computer stuff. Uh, what happened with that first episode? I'm all for transparency with the listeners. When attempting to upload it to my drive, it actually uploaded into small files. So a podcast that would have been around 40 minutes was about 20 seconds on each thing, and it uploaded around a thousand files to my drive. So which, I don't want to have which to would go have been a that. miserable experience for you is basically what you're telling me. Yeah, it was and pretty rough. I had to go through there and just look at it, but then in the end, I just blatantly didn't want to deal with. Well, that I don't need you like slaving away any more than you already do. So. I don't want to either. So thank you, Will. No Will problem. is going to be here throughout the episode and for every episode. And I want to introduce now one of the new additions to Not Very Funny this year, a very funny young man. Joe Delaney is here. Hi, guys. Pleasure to be here. Joe, how are you, buddy? I'm fantastic. How are you? Uh, I've been better. Now that Why you're here, I'm feeling fantastic, though. Let that me say that. You took the words right out of my mouth. You might have heard us reference Joe, Henry Roach, and I. If you did listen to the first episode, we referenced uh, Joe Delaney. If I remember correctly, it was a quote, very small, white boy, very stereotypical, end quote. Is that what I said, or is that what Roach oh, said? Oh, that's what you said, sir. Oh, that's what I 100 said. 100% what you said. And did you want to uh, give any insight on how do you feel about that analysis? Because I feel like it's mm, pretty spot on, if I do say so myself. All right, let me go through this real quick, point by point. I am not small. I'm above average height for the world. because I don't believe For the world. For the world. I'm almost 5'9", which means I'm almost 69 inches, ladies. Um, oh, here we I go. am very white, and I'm proud of that, as in very pale. Um, I'm white or red. usually depends how hot the sun is. Uh, am I stereotypical? I think so. Here at Miami, you fit right in. Oh, there. I I don't have enough money to be here in Miami. Uh, neither I feel do I. I don't <laughs> have enough Vineyard Vines to fit in. I feel self-conscious because I walk around only with American Eagle and not Vineyard Vine. You're still wearing American Eagle? Uh, God bless America, and it's cheap. <laughs> I, I think I had to give up American Eagle in, like, seventh grade. It became uncool. When I became a dad, you mean? <laughs> They're boxers, <laughs> though. What, what was that, Will? They have the best boxers you'll ever have. Uh, they do. Will, I did not give you a microphone to give underwear reviews. God damn it. I'm not wearing it right now, but literally it is like a nice little cradle from my my little Joey D. You took it too far. That is why they Cut it out. Cut it out. Cut it out. Guys, it's been a pleasure. Um... <laughs> We'll come back <laughs> next week with something better. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Joe. Uh, <laughs> no, but the reason we referenced <laughs> you on the last podcast was we were talking about that h- house show that the we house did. Show, yes. The alternative house show, yes. That was actually when 
a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to get into it too much because yeah. we already did cover it uh, quite extensively yes. on Henry's episode. But if you want to talk about how you felt about that, I'd be more than glad to hear it. Oh uh, well, so my humor, as we'll probably go into later, is a little more darker, a little more yes, edgier. We than, will be getting into that than my my fellow Charlie's uh, humor. But um, <laughs> I was thought the crowd would actually hate it because I just it was a very small crowd, and my humor is very select audience. I guess I'm not sure. I just. I don't know, but I thought it went a lot better than I thought. It went very well for everyone, and I was like, this is actually a very, very good crowd. Yeah, it's like I said to Henry, like, they are very nice people, and that's why I, enjo- I enjoy doing those shows, I because they are so... I mean, they didn't... I, I'm sure they did the same thing to you. They came up to you. They told you that you were funny afterwards. Yeah. Somebody probably shook your hand. It was... I mean, they're very uh, nice. Just, not gonna lie, that was probably one of the just nicest audiences that I've I've had. Like, I just... They felt... I felt they genuinely enjoyed it, which I thought was everyone. Well, since you've been doing stand-up, you've For had all to of maybe two months. Exactly, you've had all to right. deal with some interesting crowds, which is like I didn't have to start out like that, like you did. We've had we'll get into that, but when we yeah. talk about the 1868 show later, yeah. I want to find out. I really don't know you that well, Joe. I've only known you for a few months here, like in the meetings, in the clubs, and for the shows yeah. when we're hanging out before then. You're from Philadelphia, right? Yes, sir. Pennsylvania. Yep. So okay, so I was born in New Jersey, moved to uh, Philadelphia when I was four, and sorry, but thing about just grew outside Philadelphia, about forty minutes outside in the suburbs. So I can go to Philly when I want to, but I don't because I think it's gross and disgusting, and it smells it, bad. The home of cheesesteaks and dog fighters. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's not and, your bag. And punching police horses. Let's not forget that. What 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 was that? Oh, so ger- when the I think it was the Phillies. They won e- the Eagles? Was the Eagles? It was the Eagles. Thank you, Will. I don't, I'm not a Philadelphia sports fan, so what do I know? But when the Eagles won, I think it was the day. It was a big game. The Eagles won. Um, the Philadelphia fans. They won the Super Bowl. It wasn't the Super This was before the Super Bowl. This, yes, this was. It sounds like producer Will knows what he's talking okay. about. They Are you a big sports guy? I'm a big Boston sports guy, yes. My, uh, my uncle, uh, so I was, when I was born in New Jersey. Should have been a New York fan. But my parents weren't really sports fans at all. And my uncle was born and raised outside Boston. And so when I was young, he sent me a bunch of Red Sox, a bunch of Patriots oh, sports so stuff. so you're still all in on that. I grew up wearing it, and that's how my, and my mom's a fan, my dad's a fan. Okay, so. I didn't hear about this, though. What happened with a police horse? Okay, so Philadelphia fans are crazy, as you guys probably know. They're I've heard that. I've are. seen Silver Linings Playbook. I haven't, but it's much worse. I can promise you that. But they uh, Robert De Niro and Bradley Cooper play. I, very I, I, know, I know what it is, but yes. You just said you didn't see it. I, I know what it's about, but I haven't seen it. Okay, well, okay. check it out. It, it, won a, it won an Oscar, if I'm not mistaken. I think it did. A Jennifer Lawrence, yeah. wonderful actress. But yeah. continue. Okay. Philadelphia sports fans got really excited, and the police were called and as normal to kind of calm them down, and one fan punched a horse, and that was that. But Did he get arrested? Or Oh, yeah, he got arrested. For I forget what the charge was. Did he get kicked by the horse? No, he just punched the horse. For some reason, just why? Why would that be your reaction if you are ex- super excited that your team won a major game? Let me celebrate by punching an innocent animal that's forced to do work that he probably wouldn't want to do anyway. All right, let me explain to you a story from my uh, my old babysitter. Right, really close friends with my parents. Um, she was my mom's student when mom taught, and so um, she Wh- babysat me. What did your me. mom teach? She was a history teacher. What level? Uh, high school. AP oh, like level. high school. Okay, yeah, AP U.S. history. And so one of my mom's favorite students, they're really close, and she became my babysitter. And when she was walking around with her then-boyfriend, now-husband, 
Um, she's a huge, huge Green Bay Packers fan, and she went to Philadelphia for a Packers-Eagles game. Sure. Um, she was early 20s at this point, but she was – her uh, boyfriend was like, no, don't wear p- Packers stuff. Philadelphia fans are the worst. She says, no, I'm going to wear it. She wore it like a cheese hat, jacket, everything. Bold strategy. The entire time, uh, people were swearing at her. She got beer, food thrown at her. Oh Little kids God. were flipping her off and swearing at her. My uh, the, the boyfriend paid her – paid some random guy 20 bucks to watch her when he went to the bathroom because he was scared for her. They went outside and their car's tires were slashing everything. Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, so no wonder your comedy is so fucked up. You grew up around this environment. <laughs> I, I grew up in It's more than just my comedy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, are, you, are you finding that Miami is a, is a fit for you? Miami University? Oh, is yeah. It definitely, it definitely is a fit. You're digging it? Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I hate it here. I can tell. <laughs> you just look depressed as you wear your Miami shirt. I'm wearing a Miami shirt and because so am I. I had to dress in layers. I, we got lucky. I referenced the heat in the studio last episode. Pretty reasonable in here for me. Yeah, I was actually debating if I should wear my Miami shirt or my Miami sweatshirt, but I took my Miami sweatshirt off to wear only my Miami shirt. Are you going to be that freshman that just wears tons of Miami clothes all of the time? I just wear the shirt underneath because it's a shirt. They ran out of undershirts. D- are you that guy that still wears high school T-shirts around college campus? T-shirts, no sweatshirts, yes, because sweatshirts are nice. But okay, so you're still They're representing like your former high school. It's my cross country. It's my Worcester East cross country. You ran cross country. Okay, as again, I'm a stereotypical small white boy. There's only one thing I could do. It's either cross country or tennis. You are really just checking all the boxes on what I said about you last episode right now, and I, I I'm honestly, it's making me look good and also like a dick. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Thank <laughs> you for that. But yes, I ran cross country for six years. When they say cross country, it's not cross country. When you when you say that, do you mean like you think that we're not going across the entire United States of America? I mean, they're kind of lying in the name just a little bit. How many? How but doesn't country have t- multiple implications of what it means though? As in a nation, but also country as like the the, the landscape, the terrain, the terrain. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. Well, how many? How long is a cross country race? In high school, it is a uh, 5K, which is 3.1 miles. Middle school is about two miles, and uh, college is five miles, I believe. That's a long run. Yes. Not nearly across the country, but still quite long. Well, if you run across the Vatican City, which is, in all intents and purposes, you ran across the Vatican City. No, but I'm assuming it's less than three miles wide. Actually, I don't know, but it's very close to that. Are you influenced by your um, Catholic upbringing? Yes, I'm not really Catholic too much anymore. (laughs) <laughs> what does that mean? I, just I feel like every single time <laughs> I'm going to have like a guest in here, we're going to end up talking about the Catholic Church. So I wonder how that religion? happens. Uh, I love the Catholic Church. It gives me so many joke opportunities. But <laughs> you, You're going to have to start sending them checks if you keep writing the type of jokes that you write. Honestly, it's the only reason I'm st- Catholic still is because I can just For say. the material? Yeah, if you're like, yeah, I'm Catholic, I can say this. And so that's it's like a Is that how that works? I you're allowed to talk shit about the Catholic Church if you participate in it? I, think you can I don't talk think they would care I think that. you can talk shit about the Catholic Church if you have more than two brain cells. Sorry for every Catholic person I offended right now, but, you know, Hakuna Matata, baby. Okay, so you're starting no. out at Miami. Miami. And you're living in a... <laughs> Sorry. Will. Oh, wh- what's producer Will? I Matters. Producer Will's over my shoulder, so I can never really know what he's up to back there. Um, producer Will is currently working on some intense calculus homework right now. You're doing homework in the airing of a... He's playing a game, I lied. You're playing a game on your phone. After I introduced you is an esteemed producer who does so much valuable work, well, and I mean, you're over there playing a game on your cell phone. 
I'm not trying to chime in too much. I'm just trying to let it go so with the you, flow. But by not chiming in, you're just going to ignore us completely. Okay, thank no, you, I Will. No, I definitely understand what you're saying and everything. I'm Catholic, you shithead. <laughs> wow, we're going to start like a religious war in My here. My Catholic is better than your Catholic. But I think I think you should be allowed to joke about your own religion. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kind of yeah. gives you an ability because you know what you're talking about. Yeah, we could talk about this later. Just my thoughts on philosophy on jokes but we can yeah we'll, 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 we'll we are later. going to get in that we're, but i want to cover like Miami, i just want to yeah. hear about like how your first well, few months are going because you're living in a dorm because you have to yes how is that it's good it's very good did you go with like a random roommate sort of so i met my roommate pretty much like an hour or two before the deadline was to request a roommate and so i met him on the facebook we started texting and i'm like hey you'll be roommates and he said yeah so just like an hour oh, of talking that, i feel like no I, it, it was, I went with a random roommate when I started out, and because for some reason I felt very uncomfortable, like seeking out like another eighteen-year-old man to like live with in yeah. a broom closet yeah. for but a year. I wouldn't. At first, I was like, I'm just gonna do random. I don't care because I don't know anyone in Miami. Um, I'm the only second person from my school to come to Miami. Uh, yeah, I don't know many people that are from my high school here either. Yeah, but then um, so I was gonna do random, but then I look on the Facebook right, and I see all these bios which are just sort of like i'm looking for a buddy to go hiking with me and we can have sensual experiences together and i'm like well i am not going to be your roommate and so i decided to find my own roommate so you had a problem with people that were looking for maybe more than a roommate relationship is that what you're trying to tell no me? i'm gonna say I'm looking for people that wanted me to do more than just normal roommate stuff like uh, hiking i don't want to do like I just yeah I, I, d- I didn't under like I, I went through the same thing that you went through when i was thinking about trying to find a roommate and i'm scrolling down the facebook page and there's just all of these people that are, like, giving their life stories. Yeah, it's like... It was so weird. <laughs> like, I just... Like, my roommate, I started talking to him just because he said he ran. And that's the only reason. Well, don't we all run, Joe? From something. Sounds like you have some really uh, <laughs> repressed feelings you want to talk about. The fact that I can't run cross-country. That's my repressed <laughs> feeling. I'm not in physical condition. You're not missing... <laughs> that's You're missing out on nothing except pain. And just beautiful country beautiful country did you run okay were you running in beautiful places how's how was the scenery because i feel like if you were forced to run in a terrible place it would slow down your time okay so a terrible place is generally one that has a lot of hills um for running because running uphill suck i mean i tried it before yeah yeah it sucks (laughs) uh running in nice places races not so much we ran at some college campuses which were nice um, like lehigh university in pennsylvania Ran there, if you ever heard of that before. I haven't. Okay. But when we train... I haven't heard of most things. I can tell. You seem... <laughs> you can tell. Every single time <laughs> I bring up something to Joe outside of comedy, he's just like, oh, I haven't heard of that. He was in comedy. I don't know what Second City was from Chicago. Oh, yeah. I wanted to talk to you about that. Uh, yeah, I don't know anything about... I didn't go last night. You didn't go? No, because I didn't know anyone going, and I'm kind of like the guy who wants to be with someone, and also just because it's improv. I'm not a huge improv fan. Yep, we had Second City come to campus last night, and for those who may not know what Second City it is, it is a professional improvisational comedy group from Chicago, and has very many notable alumni, uh, pretty much any famous person you can think of that started out in improv, which I feel like not a lot of people is it like. Second City? I thought it was that was the Upright Citizens Brigade. No, it's Second City. Yeah, Second like City Second had City a lot had of like SNL Steve Carell, people. And a lot of SNL people come oh, from then. either Groundlings, or which is in L.A., or Second City, okay. which is in Chicago. Those are like the two main improv groups where people kind of start out. But you didn't go to the show? 
I do not go to the do show. You not, I've never been to an improv show. Have you ever been to an improv show? I have not been to a show. I've been to places where they've like had improv, like just kind of like a school event. They had some kids do improv. It wasn't serious at all. I've but never cared for improv personally. I just feel like it's sort of the jokes they make are kind of the funny things you say in a moment in everyday conversation. Like the sort of like, haha, I guess that's kind of funny. Like, Which I, I you feel like if you're going to watch an improv group, you kind of, and this is going to sound rude, but you have to lower your bar a little bit on yeah. what's funny. Because if you're going to see a guy perform stand-up, it is your bar is set at the highest level because yeah. you yes. know that this guy took the time to write these jokes down so they better be funny. Yeah. Like you, People walk in, you'd be surprised. You would think that people would want to go into a stand-up comedy show ready to laugh, like positive. Yeah. Like they're in a positive atmosphere there where they're like, this person's going to make me laugh. But it's really usually the opposite, isn't it? They're like, they sit down and they're going to be like, I'm a tough laugh. I'm not going to laugh unless this guy's really funny. Yeah, like they view themselves as the only person that matters that they laugh. Yes. Like, you better be good enough to make me laugh. Otherwise, you just suck at stand-up comedy. Well, we might as well jump into the whole comedy okay. conversation. And I like to start out by doing that to get a... Let the well. I already know who you like, but I want to let the listeners get a grasp on what kind of comedy inspires you. So, who are you listening to right now? Who are your favorites of all time? Who who, who really gets gets it going for you in the in the comedy circuit? All right, right now, uh, I just listened to Dion Cole's new stand up thing on Netflix. I have not watched it yet. It is very good. It is very good. The first joke I think was one of the best jokes I've heard in a long time. Well, can I? Can you tell me it? No. Oh, you don't know it? it no, I know it. But uh, let me tell you. I feel like it's better. If I can tell you, but I ju- I literally have no idea what it's going. Okay, to be. pretty much what Dion Cole says is he talks to the audience, and uh, for those of you who don't do not know, Dion Cole is a black man, and his humor um, is like both. So it's like geared towards like both white and black audiences. Um, and so what he says is first he's like, "So uh, white people, do you guys have any uh, issues with um, black people at all?" Right? That's what he says, and everyone's like, "No, no, no, none at all." And he's like, okay, so black people in the audience, do you have any issues with white people in the audience? And then just this, like, roar of just, like, people <laughs> shouting oh, at him. that's good. And, because, like, it's just it's just funny because... It was, that's funny. That's a good opener. That, that's very good. Because he, he knows that he has, like, a mixed audience of all time, all types of people. Yeah, but the way he did it was it kind of brought the audience together in a way. Like, I don't yeah. know. Like, I just got the feel like the audience was just immediately, like... What a fantastic good. way to start a show to kind of, like, unite the crowd yeah. to, like, laugh at your jokes together for the rest of your hour. That's yeah, genius. He made them laugh at each other, which I thought was kind of... It was, it was, just, it was just funny, I thought. It was, it was like, really... Because it's true. That's like that was like a very true statement. Like there are some things to society like that. Well, yeah, I mean we're not going to jump no. in down to that rabbit. No, we're hole, not. But, but it's just it was just the way he did it was just so. But that's clever. a great thing that I love about stand up is when you really when you get used to writing jokes, then you can kind of move on to creating commentary on things that you view important and making light of those situations. I mean, yeah. I think that's the beauty of it all. Yeah, like one of my favorite uh, stand up comedians, Louis C.K. Um, oh boy. Okay, let me. Here we go. So. Sep, as a person, he's trash, I think, based off what he did. His crimes, his yes. Crime. Uh, what, two, two years ago? 2017? 2017. 2017. I think it was, it's been a couple years. It's been a couple years. Well, we're going on three years now. Yes. I mean, the year is coming to a close yes. here pretty soon. I think he's, uh, his jokes are very good. I agree. I was, I'm not afraid to admit that I was always a huge fan of Louis C.K. for years. I, I think he was one of the first comedians that I got into when I started watching stand-up because I thought that he would be the best representation of it, yes. if that makes any sense, yeah. like what it's supposed to be, because he was so popular. and he, But he does represent like a very specific 
area of very, comedy. Very specific. Which is dark humor. Darker, yes. And so, like, my favorite comedian is Anthony Dresselnik. Very popular right now. He yeah. has his own show now yeah. on Comedy Central. Do you watch that? Yes, I watch that so many Habitually. times. Habitually? I watch that when I'm, like, at the gym. I just put it on sometimes because I think it's just very, very good. I think Anthony Jeselnik's very funny, but I don't enjoy his stand-up. You don't, like, what do you mean? Do you think that it's, you think those are good jokes? I, I when I watch an Anthony Jeselnik special, and maybe we should preface by saying, if you don't know who Anthony Jeselnik is. Which you probably don't because he's very. He's very singular in yes. who enjoys And his he's comedy. okay with that. And he's, yeah, that he built his persona based off of that, and he built he builds that into his act, which I think is him embracing that is very yes. important to his performance. But he very much does what I would say is the darkest, shocking humor that I've heard recently. I don't know who else is doing humor that is is vulgar and shocking. I think Daniel Tosh is pretty close. Cause Daniel oh, gosh. Todd, Tosh.0, back in the days, watching Tosh.0. I grew up on Tosh.0. I've only recently started watching it. I just thought he I don't watch it anymore. My, my sense of humor has changed quite a bit. Yes, I just... As in, I watch it because my dad watches it sometimes. And Your dad watches Tosh.0? Yeah, he loves Daniel Tosh. Really? Yes, my dad, my dad and I... Is that Tosh's audience all along? My Middle-aged <laughs> suburban dads? Uh, you know what? That actually tracks. I would buy into that idea. Well, my dad just likes offensive stuff. Because he just... Wow, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Not at all. <laughs> no, but to get back into Anthony Jeselnik, <laughs> he, uh, when I watch him, I don't, in, I don't laugh at his jokes. But they are so perfectly written, because a lot of people think I can't. I don't know if you've encountered this yet. If you've told like family members that you do stand up, but or people that don't listen to stand up regularly, a lot of people think that stand up is improv. Yes, every single time. Yes, like or at least that some part of it is improv. Like a uh, the John Mulaney thing. If anyone here listening was there, I can guarantee you the whole. He was reading a newspaper during uh, the stand-up at Miami, and he was kind of like reading and making jokes about it. I can okay. almost guarantee you that he read the newspaper beforehand and already had the jokes kind of pre-planned oh, out. Oh, there's – of course. Like, even his crowd work, I think he was – he had some sort of, like, generic stuff to say if they responded a certain way or not. Oh, well, you would have to. I mean, there's just – there's no way that a professional stand-up comedian like John Mulaney or Anthony Jeselnik or any guys like this are doing comedy that is – there's no actual crowd work. I feel like that's what people like in these specials and TV airings that people watch. Now, if you go into a comedy club, like yeah. a, on a Tuesday night, there's a good chance that there's going to be a comedian up on stage, just kind of like trying out stuff, and they might just improv with the audience a little bit, do a little crowd work. But when you're watching someone on the Tonight Show, that yeah. <laughs> that is the most scripted piece of stand-up comedy that you will ever see because not only. Does it have to be written by the comedian, but it has to go through standards and practices and get completely turned around 100%. and rewritten, basically, even if it's already clean? Like, they still limit, like, jokes based on advertising. I mean, it, there's a lot yeah. more to it than people think. Yeah, it's – like, they definitely – they might – either what they say is they have something that they – they say something and which usually gets a, a certain response from the crowd, which they then comment on, like, at the top of their head. Or they might have, like, a stock jokes, like, generic jokes or something. Um, so they just kind of. But Anthony know. Jeselnik, I mean, he he breaks every every kind of rule of comedy. Every single rule. Which I mean, are there rules? No. Are there though? Yes. Yeah. I mean, there really are. There's rules to like joke writing and crowd interaction and what you're doing and what you're trying to accomplish. 
don't come off too proud. He does the exact opposite. Yeah. He's like the cockiest stand-up comedian of all time. He yells at the audience if they don't laugh at his jokes. Yeah, it, he doesn't. He's like, I remember watching like wh- his earlier special. I, I'm, I'm what, what was the title of like the? Uh, there was Caligula. There was Shakespeare. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Yes, I watched thoughts and prayers, and I remember like him just being like, "That was a great joke. If you didn't laugh at it, then yes, yeah. fuck you. Like, yeah, it's yeah. a great joke." But I just don't understand. I don't understand his whole persona, if I'm being honest. But when I do watch him, I'm like, "Wow, what a perfectly written joke." Because yeah, like what he does is he says he's like the devil on stage, like he makes fun of everything. He tries to be like this just awful person up there. Even though in real life he's actually like a super nice guy. Right. And people say that. Like every time you see him in an interview, they're like, Okay, this is a funny like Anthony, we know that you're actually yeah. like a super and, nice guy. And apparently a lot of the nice comedians are actually kinda like dicks off like Oh, I would believe that's, that. That's that's what I've heard. I'm like I can kind of see that in a way. Well, and th- I think that's another thing that most people don't understand about stand up that aren't actively involved in it or appre like uh, I don't want to say appreciate, but like avid fans of it you know they watch it the recreational well recreational is the wrong word but like it's not as give me the word that i'm looking for joe i'm i'm blanking the the fans watching right like the not the people just watching it for fun for fun see we're using words that like aren't working do you see what i'm saying they they watch it passively pass Yes. Occasionally, yes. passive user of stand-up comedy, not someone on a that, whim, not like yeah, religiously. Exactly. Like they also think that like those jokes, and this is a problem that numerous comedians are commenting on right now. Professional comedians is the fact that people don't understand that what's said on stage is not meant to be taken seriously. Oh, no, no. <laughs> it's like, just, and Anthony Jeselnik proves that every single time he gets on stage. Yeah, like some comedians, like um. I know the, the I forget her name right now, but the the one who she I think she won something first with the Netflix special. She's the Australian comic. Who oh, like, uh, you know who I'm talking. Hannah Gadsby. Yes, like hers was very much like Nanette. Com- yeah, social was commentary. Special. Yep. Yes, that's not even joke writing. No, like at first it was, and then first it was the rest of it. Apparently, she was just um saying like social commentary. Yeah, I never got through it personally. I never I've not had a chance to watch I it. I very much subscribe to m- pretty much the most old-fashioned type of comedy there is where like let's just get on stage and tell jokes. Yes. Like let's not really I don't I don't make commentary. Do you? Do you consider yourself Let's just break on into it. We've been hinting at it. You do shocking like blue humor. Blue humor? Is it blue? Because isn't I thought blue is just more like some of your jokes are blue and a lot of them I thought it was more darker than blue personally but that's just I would say that you have a, a very solid mix of both okay. you do a lot of dark humor and then but you do you swear a lot I do I do you swear a lot and then you also like your subject matter is very dark and then you become a little blue in your telling of it like let me just reference that joke that you told the 1868 show which w- w- was that the drowning of a could you tell me about that joke? I pretty much what the joke was was saying that my priest, which was a priest joke, my priest was in the CIA for ten years, and uh, for some re- and he had issues with children, which kind of makes you leads you down thinking that he's going to be like a child molester, like the as in becoming the news. You're like really priest. hitting some hot button topics. I know, Joe. <laughs> I, I am, but just cut this out. But uh, but then I say that he has issues with the children. Uh, whenever he's baptized babies, he never knows when to pull them out of the water, um, and so. Oh like, my God! Which is dark because that's you think, dark. You think drowning a baby, they're like, wait, CIA? They like. 
Yeah, that, then, there's then some I, commentary there. See, that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so like, like some, I feel like some of my jokes, like the Michael Jackson one. You did a Michael Jackson joke? I did do a Michael Jackson joke. Oh, my goodness. Carter likes it. Hey, he's in our club. He's a guy. Yeah, he just yeah we, Carter is a man and not very funny that is performing stand-up with us. Um, so when you do these jokes, when you sit down to write, what is your pro- – that's because, as you know, I don't do this type of humor Yes. at, at all. I don't, I don't even swear in my act. Yeah. Um, which is another thing that like people don't like. I swear all the time in my personal like conversations, but once I write it into a joke, I take all of that out. You leave it in, which I think is admirable in a way of like you're very much prescribing to one type of audience. Do you find that you might be limiting yourself, or do you accept that you might be limiting yourself? Like such as like an Anthony Jesselman. How do you feel about like how you're doing that? Because you you I, are you finding that you're only making a certain type of person laugh, like one section of the audience, and are you okay with that? Oh yeah, I'm hundred percent okay with that. With like the swearing, like people don't like it. I've actually been trying to cut back a little bit and use it more, just like sparsely, I guess. I mean, they do fill but up a joke pretty fast if you start swearing a lot. That's why I don't really swear, not for yeah. the sake of like not wanting to swear because it's vulgar, but just because. The word, th- the word count it just bulks up your jokes yeah but i've i'm okay with the audience not liking it because dark humor is like my favorite type of humor and if i'm that's what makes me laugh the most and so that's what i try to do and although i i guess i could try to write jokes that appeal maybe towards like a wider audience which are kind of which more people may enjoy but if i'm not enjoying that as much as i could be then why then why do it i think that's a good point if you're willing to make that I don't sacrifice isn't the right word, but you're willing to settle for a certain type of audience, and you're just going to build that by with your persona, which is very much like with Anthony Jeselnik. I mean, a lot of people talk about like amateur comedians doing what you're doing, like maybe only setting themselves out to be listened to one type. But there's so many comedians out there that make a living doing that. They had to start somewhere, right? Yeah. I I mean that's that's kind of the point is if you're choosing to do that. Because you enjoy it, and you did very well at the 1868 show. Thank you. Uh, you closed out the show. You took my spot. <laughs> no, I'm just. Thank you. <laughs> you took my spot of opening, which we we Joe fun. and I flipped spots for a show where I opened and he closed, because we do have you opening because you're very funny and you do. Thank you. Whether you the crowd responds warmly to your material or not, they certainly start listening after you start telling your jokes. I think that's an important thing. And I mean that wholeheartedly as a compliment. Thank you. That's, that, like, that's what I want, though. You engage the audience, whether they think it's hilarious, which a lot of them do. I mean, you killed. Would you, s- would you say that was a, like, a, like a, a solid kill that you last did? Night? Was that last night? Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday, night. sorry. Uh, I, I don't like judging how well I do or not just because... I well, like then I'm how else would you measure yourself? No, I, well, I like what people tell me and also like listen to it. I have a chance to listen to my Oh, you recording. haven't listened to your set yet? No, because when I, I, find, I find that when I am up there trying to judge at the same time, I tend to over-exaggerate what's happening or over-exaggerate either how well I'm doing or how bad I'm doing. Okay. And I don't like using that, so like right now I can't really judge. But I think well, my the, apparently like the biggest part of my thing which was different was the, uh, the, my middle joke about the, the giant analogy. About like screwdrivers and and sex, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't guess that's a fact, but 
That yeah, was just, you you know that that was your joke. That you was don't my have to joke. Guess that was my joke. joke. That was your joke. But it was just very different from my other jokes because my other jokes are usually like a big setup and then a punch. It's like kind of like a sort of a twist, I guess, with like a shock punch. But this was more of like a trying to be like rolling laughs. And so I guess I killed. I don't know. It's up. I'll let you decide for me. Will, how do you how do you think I did? I wasn't there. I had to write a paper. I know you weren't there. That's why I wanted to bring you up. You don't care about the club. Don't shit on me. <laughs> I love you, Will. I'm sorry. Love you too. Thanks, babe. I feel like I've just been <laughs> completely cut out of this entire episode. Do you guys, do you want a moment? I can leave the studio and come back when you're ready. You guys want to? Nah, I don't like it. Nah, no, thank you. I don't want to be alone with Joe. I don't really trust him. <laughs> How do you feel about that, Joe? Producer Will, over there playing on his cell phone, just called you uh, untrustworthy. <laughs> Joe, you realize you have to talk <laughs> into the microphone. <laughs> yeah, he's... I wasn't talking, Charlie. I was trying to I don't think trying to think of something was funny to say. I was trying not to cry, actually. I don't think the listeners can see you. Well, good thing because they're just seeing a very upset-looking person right Sorry now. Sorry about that, Joe. That's all right, Will. We'll get pulled. You don't want to. Hey, hey, Charlie, how are you, you doing? I, well, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> glad to be back in the studio with Joe Delaney. <laughs> I have back to the beginning. I'm glad that I could finally make it on your show. Welcome, Joe. <laughs> all right, guys, about to talk for the first time today. <laughs> Did you okay? So let's go back into the 1868 yes. show. Uh, I thought you did very well. Thank you. And I think that everyone did well. Everyone did very well. Everyone did. That was a large turnout, wasn't it? It was. It was. I'm, I'm kind of glad it was a large turnout, but it was good. Because as I discussed on last episode, yes. the 1868 show that we did before that very very low turnout and a very very uh, turned off audience. The people that were there were not listening either. That's like the worst combination I could possibly think of for an audience. Is there's not many of them, and the ones that are there weren't really listening. And then I feel like on Wednesday night, we had a large turnout yes. with the majority listening. Because we do have to take into account that we are performing in a bar, so we have the people that are there to listen to comedy, but then there's also people there that you know just, they just want to grab bar. their drinks. Yeah. <laughs> they just, which kind of begs the question, I guess my thing, uh, and I don't know how you might feel about this, but if I walked, if I'm in the mood for a beverage, and I walk down the steps of a bar and you had a microphone in your hand, and I didn't know that that was going to be you doing that going in, I would walk right back up those stairs. <laughs> I wouldn't come down. Like, I was thinking about that. Like, I opened the show, and, like, I was thinking uh, as I'm watching people, like, pour in because, uh, we, you know, it was still early in in the night when I was on stage. I was watching people completely ignore me and then go straight, like, beeline it to the bar, and I was just thinking, if you're here to watch stand-up, you're going to be watching the stand-up. These people that are just coming down the stairs and going straight to the bar, if I saw me up there, like, with a jacket on and a microphone, like, trying to make people laugh, and I saw that when I was just in the mood for a beer, I would leave. Would you, like, would you just, like, stick around? Well, I'm a big stand-up fan, so I probably would actually stay well, around. I know, but, but okay. as a normal but human normal being. person, probably not, because it's different than, like, live music, because live music is, is music. And you can just you can kind of tune in and out. But then with stand-up, you really if you tune in and out, then you just, like, you're just... Just a guy yeah, talking. Yeah, it's just... Because if you just want to go to enjoy a drink and just kind of, like, hang out, you don't want to hear someone be trying to tell jokes because we're amateurs failing a lot of the time. A mind lot of I, the time. Mind if I chime in real quick? Um, oh, yeah, Will, no. please. Basically, I, I think it's a respect thing because you don't... You go to listen to a band and have fun with your friends. You don't go to a comedy show to talk with people. You go to listen. Yeah, because, like, everyone... That I know, like, everyone that we brought, like, as the, the club brought, was paying attention. 
which was great. Like even like yeah, well, friends of friends. They're here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I will which, give which you that. Which I respect. A but lot. like the people up at the bar who are like talking the entire time, it's like they don't understand how disruptive that is when you're trying to be on stage. And I don't know if they just don't know that or if they don't care. But I don't think in a way though I see it kind of as a challenge because like when I started out the other day like only like half of the room was listening so I even kind of mentioned that yeah because you, well that's another thing that we can talk about is the opening and closing are when our shows now I mean if you're thinking about a professional standpoint an opener is kind of like the warm up guy and then the closer is supposed to close down the show so, so it's pretty much like worst to best, which is exactly what happened, right, Charlie? Oh, you think so? <laughs> well, maybe last <laughs> night, maybe on Wednesday night, I nah, didn't do, I didn't good, do too great. You're but good, dude. Uh, what I will say is, I don't understand that these people come in, and the closing of the show is where you have people who. Are, do you guys? Do you guys <laughs> want me to leave? <laughs> no, you said come in, and it's came in. I was just like, man, his grammar wasn't good. Already what did, right what did I say? You said they come in. <laughs> oh my you didn't God. say came in dude well we're cutting that i can't <laughs> have people thinking i can't speak i'm supposed to be hosting <laughs> a podcast for christ's sake maybe that's a little little white joke in the middle of nowhere for our three listeners right now which are probably me and my parents oh everyone's shut this thing off by now this is the minute they heard my voice and they heard <laughs> we're gonna have um, to the minute they were like joe delaney john mulaney and john mulaney yeah <laughs> and people tell you you look like john mulaney how I do you feel s- about that i don't I don't see it personally. I think his head is too long and my head is too round. And also, I'm is like. Is that the one divider that you see between yourself and oh, John Mulaney? I'm, I'm four inches shorter. Um, you know John Mulaney's height? He's like 6'2 or something, right? No. In that uh, case, I'm five inches shorter. He's, like, he's over six feet tall. Will, could you look that up for me, please? I'm very curious. Yeah, I thought I'm he was short. No, he's, he's tall. He's t- okay. Well, he I'm going to flex real quick. I was sitting in the second row during a stand up thing, and he was pretty tall. Oh, you made second row? Yes. How did you get that? President Crawford gave me his ticket. He is oh. six foot. <laughs> John Mulaney six is foot. six okay, foot. Okay, John Mulaney is six foot. Okay, you were off by a couple inches, but that's Six fine. foot? I was two inches. That was okay, well, okay. We don't it try and think you're going <laughs> to skate <laughs> two by this. Is a couple, really. Don't think you're going to skate by this. Watch me. President Crawford gave you his ticket? What, yes. what do you guys work out together? Or Pilates? I, I wish, but no. Uh, I just know him because I'm, I'm fr- I know one of the deans on campus, and I saw the dean. I oh, I didn't know you were like in Joe. Oh, I'm. I was actually talking to the dean before I came here. That's when the guy who dropped me off in this car became cool. Is this but fuck off. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm dead serious. Yeah, I'm in. How do you know him? I'm good at. I I met him at a. I'm part of the government relations network. This what does that mean? I'm going to advertise. Oh, I didn't know any of this. I have to advertise because we're apparently growing. But the government relations network is a great thing on campus and everyone oh. should join it because it's fantastic actually no it's really good we'll explain what it is it's a llc i'm gonna put a beep in here a long beep what for an ad adver- read yeah for the advertisement this is an advertisement freak podcast mostly because yeah. no one would ever put any advertisements in this podcast we are not getting paid for this advertisement so if joe doesn't pay us 20 bucks afterwards there's going to be at least you know yeah you can you can chip in for uh, next semester's lip. subscription to red hawk radio for that little ad read that you just tried to slip in <laughs> okay but no but tell me what government okay. relations it's is. this live and learn community where you pretty much what? llc it's where you oh it's part LLC. of the, okay yeah. this is like where you live this yes. is part of like your dorm yeah and so what you do is that you pretty much help out with miami's lobbyist and try to you t- reach out to government officials, like state, local, national, and you... You're working as a lobbyist? I, no, I'm not a lobbyist because I don't get paid. And so... You're an 
intern? I'm an intern, actually. I'm officially. He, he's technically, I don't know if he is technically a lobbyist, but he does lobbying things. So you are working on perpetuating the um, well being of Miami. Unfair party system of Miami, as well as the local community, because Miami does do a lot of social outreach. They do. Community I outreach. mean, I will, because there, I don't think there would be much of a community without Miami here. That's true. I always say That's that Miami um, reminds me. Or Oxford, I mean, reminds me of my hometown. If there was not a Miami, wasn't here because you have a Walmart, a Kroger, a couple shopping centers, and way too many bars, and that is exactly <laughs> what my hometown is like. Just without a college. Well, we do have a college, Joe. Where are you from again? I'm from Fremont, Ohio, which is okay. about three and a half hours north of Oxford. It's near the Toledo, Sandusky okay. area. That's how I have to tell people uh, where I come from because no one knows where Fremont is, but. We do have a fine accredited institution, Terra State Community College, ranked worst community college in the country. <laughs> I can't make that up. We are 276 out of 276 on a professional ranking list. They rank 276 community colleges across the country, and we came in dead last. And that's where I spent most of my high school years. So if that that explains a lot, actually, it does, doesn't it? Doesn't that kind of give you a little insight onto? I now just feel bad for you. Why? Well, because it's you. You feel bad for me? Yeah, now I do. Uh, well, <laughs> it was actually pretty great, Joe, because I got to go there instead of going to high school. I was loved by my parents, so I did go to high school. And uh, not my parents loved me. Thank you very much, wherever they are. <laughs> 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 No, but I will say that it, that is a uh, an opportunity that a lot of people. I don't know if you had that in Pennsylvania, but uh, a lot of people utilize yeah. the opportunity of uh, attending college. Yeah, we had some of those, but most people didn't do it just because they well, just didn't want to. I guess a lot of I people guess. in Ohio go into college almost ready to graduate from their four year university because they already have like half of it done. The AP credit and stuff like that. Well, no, the it's not AP credit; it's college credit. Oh, oh, okay. you go to a college here before you go to college. But you do it in high school. That's so weird. In high school, the AP test and I took an AP like class. Yes, yeah, so we just have a lot of those. Yeah, I I, t- I passed an AP test back in the day, from AP U.S. History. I passed it. I got the three out of five, enough to get the uh, get what we're. I just self high five because Chris, or not Chris, Charlie. Get out <laughs> of my hell, studio! Dude. Get the fuck out! Oh my god, this show is just circling the drain. I'm a freshman. I'm sorry. It's not my fault. Okay, <laughs> let's. That's what we're gonna get into next. What is with your uh, obsession with being a freshman? What is your problem? We all were freshmen once, Joe. No, it just because you're the size of a freshman at a kindergarten class doesn't mean that you're not uh, still a member of this community and now a member of a comedian community. Do you know any freshmen in kindergarten? Like, is there a freshman class I mean, for kindergarten? Only you would know. I mean, I wouldn't know personally. You know I'm a freshman too. Yeah, I know that will, but you don't bring it up all the I time. I just like bring Joe it up does. so it's sort of being like, "Hey, That's I'm a freshman. Have pity on me when I just fail." I'm just surrounded by children. I'm legally an adult, sadly. How old are you, Joe? Eighteen. Eighteen. I'm almost nineteen. Uh, I'm like three months away from nineteen. I. You can't buy cigarettes anymore. How do you feel about that? In Ohio, but when I go home, I can. Oh, you're a big smoker. Not at all. But I can buy it. I'm like you. I oh, you're twenty one. I'm twenty one, man. Damn. I'm free I'm and like clear. Will. I'm like Will. I can buy them. I don't need smokes to have fun. Now we're doing like <laughs> advertisements for like anti-nicotine. Oh God, Dare's gonna have nicotine to send me kills. A check. You know, remember? Uh, yeah, 
I do not like where that was going. No, hey, Joe, I got to defend my producer. He does a lot of work for me. <laughs> Why are you laughing so I much? Don't I don't know. I just sit down for a good half hour, hour, and just edit do it. tons of editing. Well, this one's going to be a hefty toll on this yours. I'm, that's, I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm not doing to the work, but I don't listen care. to this one. <laughs> okay, Joe. Well, let's get back into. I wanted to ask you about your process. Is okay. where I was trying to lead you to before we just jumped off oh, the what, deep like end. Three hours ago. Okay, Joe. When you sit down to write your dark humor, yes. I don't. I want to know what that process is like because right. you uh, you also write mostly. I would say one liners. Yeah, I'm trying to get away from that now. Like last night was when I was first trying to stay. That's my first attempt at getting away from it, which I thought okay. went all right. Yeah, it or went pretty Wednesday, well. I should say. Sorry. Right. But usually I do because right now I'm just trying to intimidate and in, intimidate. Is that the right word? Imitate? Im- imitate, thank you, Josh. Why are you trying to imitate? Uh, Anthony Jeselnik. Just because... Why? I, I love his humor. Uh, I love his... I, I think his joke... He's one of the best joke writers, I think, ever. Personally. But aren't you trying to find your own comedic voice? Yes, I am. But I'm just trying to copy sort of what he does until I see what works, what doesn't, what I like, what, what what's not. And because when I first started off, I didn't really know how to write any jokes. I'm like, I'll do what he does, which says one thing, uh, have a twist, and then say something offensive. I will say, like, I, I'm not going to try and tell you that you shouldn't imitate comedians yeah. because I when I first started out uh, do you know who Rodney Dangerfield is I love Rodney Dangerfield I love Rodney Dangerfield too he's one of the best comedians to ever live I completely ripped off his style for the first two months of me doing stand-up I wrote my own jokes of course like yeah. you do with like imitating Anthony Jeselnik but I did it in a completely uh, full-fledged Rodney Dangerfield impression <laughs> like that's basically was my entire act was Rodney Dangerfield's modern era nice that was my entire shtick so I, I appreciate where you're coming from. I, I certainly don't do that anymore. I don't even do one-liners anymore, which is a really hard thing for yeah. me to transition from, is I can see that you're probably having struggles with that, too. Like, it's difficult, isn't it? It is. It's, it is, because I, as much as I would love to sort of be like Anthony Jeselnik with these really clever, witty, just twist one-liners. It's hard to build an act. It's, hard. it's also hard with the fact that it's just all dark humor, because if you look at me, again, back to how I look, Anthony Jeselnik is just like, I wouldn't say scared looking, but he definitely looks like serious. A but lot. that is his persona. You yes. could establish that for yourself. I am, but if I'm also a five to. nine guy, so it's just sort of like, oh, he's just sort of. Producer Will, how tall is Anthony Jeselnik? He's tall. All right, he's I'm on that. He's he's like at least five eleven. <laughs> Joe, let's do a deep dive into your obsession with height of male professional comedians. You seem to be very involved. Okay, am I the only one who wonders, like, look at Chris Evans in Captain America, He is 6'2". 6'2", I told you. You got John Mulaney and Anthony Jeselnik switched up in heights. I apologize profusely for those of you guys who I know are both listening to this podcast. But, (laughs) like, am I the one who looks at celebrities taking a detour, I'm sorry, like, on TV, and just be like, I wonder how big they are compared to me. Like, look at Chris Evans, and, like, he's this muscular dude. But sure. it's like, I wonder, like... Wait, Chris Evans, he... He plays Captain America. Okay, I haven't seen any of the Marvel okay. movies. Um, very muscular, but very much in shape. Okay. I just kind of wonder, like... Or just, like, my one friend who works out a lot. Like, are they, like... How close is Chris Evans, this really, like, Hollywood famous, really muscular guy, compared to my friend who works out a lot? Like, sure. Chris Evans is only six foot. I mean, that's pr- still pretty tall, but... That... I mean, I'm six foot one. I'm six foot none. Well, you don't have to tell us how tall you are, Joe. You already did, but like no one's... three times. We're just hearing your voice. I love my voice. Do you? It's very deep and monotone. Yeah, which is very, very exciting to hear. You could you could do audio books. I've been told, I, th- I work at a grocery store, and I'm there checking 
customers you, out. You work at a grocery store, yes. but back home? Yes. Wegmans. What's it called? Wegmans. Wegmans, the family name. Ah, uh, okay. That must be local, I'm assuming. It's it's East Coast local, yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, it's very what did you do there? Cashier. cashier. You were a cashier. Why is that so surprising? I just, that just, I could see you as a bag boy, Joe, but I don't know if you've worked your way up to the register <gasps> yet. I worked my way up to pulling carts outside. You work up to that? Yes, because only, at first you start as a cashier, but then if you're, like, responsible, you can go outside to pull carts, because what happens is that you don't need to pull carts all the time, and so you have to have someone responsible who's, like, not just going to, like, not do the job, because no one's really supervising people outside. And so, like, some people outside who, like, aren't, shouldn't be outside, they just kind of don't do their jobs and all that gets bad. But like they have to trust you enough to pull carts, and you're considered like one of the upper you levels. You have to be a trusted upper level grocery store employee to I go don't outside. I want to be trusted to go out in 20 degree weather to get. You a know how nice it is though. You can pull carts for like five minutes, have nothing to do for half an hour, and just. What would you do on your downtime? Talk to people. Talk to other um, customers or other employees? people outside. I'm working with. Talk to other employees. And you're getting paid to do this the entire time. Yes. That's a sweet gig. I'm coming it back is. to Pennsylvania with you in the you summer. Should. I'm going to pull carts with you. Dude, do it. I'm going to work my way up the ladder. I'm going to start stocking shelves, and I'm going to make Poland carts by July. <laughs> June. You can do it in June. I trust I you. I can do it that quick, you think? Hey, I'll put in a good word for you. Okay. I pretty much do they the Do the people that you work with at a grocery store know how much of a sick bastard you are? That's actually the reason I do stand-up comedy. So people are going to find out, or so people oh, don't? Oh, they already... Wait, can you say that again? Sorry. Are you worried that people... Oh. Here's uh, that's what I uh, okay. another question I wanted to ask yeah. you because it's in the subject of like dark humor. We'll get back to how I do the humor later. We'll we'll hit that eventually. Like my process. Oh, we circle back to everything. We'll get back. We to are going to close every end on this podcast before it's over. Next, we four did hours. that. You know what? If this turns into one of those, what's that uh, guy who does all the podcasts? Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. I haven't listened to a Joe Rogan podcast, but they're they're obscenely long, aren't they? Maybe yeah, they're pretty long. I just listen to stuff on YouTube. My my analogy for Joe Rogan is basically Joe Rogan gets a celebrity on. He asks them, "Hey, is the government government messed up?" The celebrity goes, "Yeah," and then some dude in the gym lifting weights just goes, "Damn, that's deep." And then there's some weed involved. Okay, yeah, I haven't listened to it, but I I mean I'm I think we try to keep this under an hour, and we don't have weed involved. Yeah, because I didn't bring any uh, marijuana in this time. Roach, Roach is the pothead. <laughs> Unless we get Carter. <laughs> we, no, we on. talked Hypo- about we talked about that. Roach doesn't Hypo- smoke weed, and he. Oh well, good because I was going to say hypothetically he's a pothead, not for any legal reasons. He's not. No, he he does not smoke. He does not. I, I, I pick on him about how he looks like he smokes. He does. Way too it, much like weed. the way he just is sort of like calm about everything. It's like, yeah, he's, he's a very calm guy. Okay, we're gonna get back on track. Yes, because you're criticizing my hosting style. Mm. While you're in the, you have to wait until you get home to talk about how shitty of a host I was. No, you're a great host. It's just that I'm kind of bringing us away from the conversation. No, okay. Let's take it back yes, first sir. to are you worried about people seeing or hearing your dark humor? Not at all. You mm. don't take that into consideration. You're not worried about, I don't know, like a, a family member or something like that seeing one of your I send, jokes. I send all my stuff to my parents, and they're on board with it? Yeah. And then I, my, some of my teachers back home have it because they asked my mom if they could see it. And I said, yeah, send it to them. Because the thing is, I I see there's a clear difference between what you mean and what you say I on agree. stage. Um, and so, like, what I say on stage, it's offensive. Yes, it is offensive. But, like, it's, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, it's offensive. I don't mean almost every single thing I say up on stage. Well, I would hope not. No. It's for shock. 
It's it for is. shock it's, value. I'm doing it to try to entertain people. Like a hundred percent. Like I'm not trying to like be like, oh, this is what I believe. You should believe it too. I'm just trying to be like, I'm here to entertain you guys. This is what I think is funny. I hope you find it funny, funny well, too. And here's a little move for you. How, how do you like this? That ties perfectly into your process because how do you think of the shocking things that you don't believe in? Like I think of funny things, just like generally, like something like a topic, a premise. Yeah, like if I'm just walking, I think of like something that could be funny, or like something that might be funny about it. I put it on on my phone, and then I just have like a list of things that might be funny, like little joke ideas. And then what I used to do, which I'm trying to get away from, is that I would find, like, a funny line and then build a bit around it. Now I'm trying to find those funny lines and put them into a pre-existing bit. Okay. So that way instead of – because some of my bits were just, like, they have a really good line, but then everything else is just fluff. And I was like, just cut it down to that one line. And so I'm trying to, like, put them in other bits. But what I do is I find these – You're an efficient joke writer. I will say that. Very efficient. Thank you. Which is important. Yes, I, I Efficiency is key. Every word counts. And I think you've realized that pretty early on, which I don't, I don't think a lot of people do. No, that definitely not. I think the only reason, like, I caught on to that was luckily, and I think we come from a shared uh, place here where the comedians that we chose to imitate early on were comedians who were very efficient comedians. Yes. We're not, we didn't start out watching Ramblers, and then that kind of showed in how we write our jokes now. Because I would like to consider myself an efficient joke writer. Yeah, you are. You definitely are. I'm not like a story type of guy. No, like, you you have the, the... give like a the broad story, but then you have these like little tangents, which is like what you should be doing for. I'm trying. Yeah, like hey, it's tough. That's like no, it's good. It's, it's good. But it's a tough. It's tough, and that's what you do when you're trying to. You're sitting down. I guess that's. But my question is, like how? Is when you're trying, how? How do you think? So, how do you decide what's shocking enough to make it into your act? So what I do is I think of a topic, um, and then what I do is I write. I use a whiteboard, like a big whiteboard around the study room usually just because I can say it, I can write stuff down. Yeah, put it all out there. Yeah, and I write who, what, where, when, why. And for 15 minutes, I write anything that I know about the topic, like who. Just factual information. Yeah, just like anything. So like okay. I did Boy Scouts one time. I did like who. So like me, my friends, um, Scoutmaster, my parents, um, then like uh, my old – the old uh, camp director for my old uh, Boy Scout summer camp who was a pedophile. True story. And I, I put him down there for some good material there. But then that I like sounds <laughs> like it should make it into your act. Yes. But like then like who, what, where, when, why. So like anything, like personal stories, facts, anything I know about it. And then I kinda go through it, then I circle things that I th- could be funny, then I kinda make jokes from them from them off of there. So like I just get as much information possible to try to find like little connections, I guess. And then that's how I try to do it. Piece it all together and then perform it at yeah. uh, the basement of bar eighteen sixty eight and it, it went well for you. It does, yeah. So there you go. You've kind of figured out your method, and I think that's important. I think everyone has to figure out like their own little writing method, and I think that's like the most important step is because another thing that people don't realize is comedy, stand-up comedy specifically, is all it's scripted. 100% scripted. I mean, do you sit down? Do you write every word of your act? Basically. So what I do is I write down, I write down the entire thing, but then when I'm practicing it, I kind of change it a little bit, and I kind of like edit on my paper. But I, like I have in my bag right now, I have – Every single script I've said so far at 1868, yes. I keep a big binder full as well. I know I know a few people that don't choose to write anything down, and I feel like that is a, a mistake. I think. It's a mistake. It's a, well, It makes it even harder to get going because I don't know about you, but one of my biggest problems when I'm on stage is remembering my jokes. Oh, yeah. Cause and I, I don't want to say remember as in like, um, the order, but like I have so many specific words that I write into my jokes, important 
important lines, I guess is what I'm trying to say, where the word matters so much, like whether it's like a certain adjective that I feel if I forget it, that it ruins the entire joke. Yeah, so I spend so much time remembering every single word that I write down, and I worry that if I even skip one of them, that I'm going to tank my entire act. And yeah. I don't think most people notice probably like if I miss one, but if, you know, I feel it. Yeah, I know what you mean, because you kind of want to have a rhythm to what you say a little bit, and then if that one word you forget is sort of the word that it kind of revolves around, the joke might be funny, but if the twist is like on that one word, then it's, if you don't say it, the twist is not as, not as good necessarily. But, um, but like, yes, like, I also try to write new stuff for every 1868 show. Like, I try to write almost every day, and I try to write new material all the time. So I haven't said old stuff in 1868 yet. Now, are you going to be going home for the holidays, I'm assuming? Yes, yes. Uh, do you plan on attending any open mics back oh, yeah. in Pennsylvania? I'm doing that here now, but... Are you? Yes, I go with uh, Carter. Tell me a little bit okay. about that. How have the um, Cincinnati mics been treating you? A lot harder. Oh, Cincinnati, right, is where you're going. Yes, yes. So it's a lot harder than 1868, because in... Open mics generally um, is very different because almost everyone there is going to be a comedian. Yes. And so comedians... And if you don't know, comedians don't laugh at other comedians' jokes. Every comedian thinks they're the funniest person in the world, and everyone else is really easy to see bad jokes. Right. Because they're so analytical. I mean, when I watch stand-up now, I don't oh, even... Yeah. It's, I'm just completely tearing each joke apart, like piece by piece trying to figure out how it was constructed because it's almost like a like a foundation that like gets built up and then at the end is the punchline. Yeah. So I find myself when I watch stand up now completely tearing it down and trying to figure out the framework. It took me almost three hours to watch Bill Burr's new one hour special because I was just pausing and thinking about what he said and like I know what he did there and it just yeah because like I analyze now but open mics are very comedian based so you don't get like as much laughs as you would for a normal audience. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely like a wow, because like I said some stuff which did really well at 1868 a few weeks ago at a bar, and it was like a few laughs, and I'm like, oh, this kind of sucks. But then like, I'm also going to uh, the Go Bananas Comedy Club in Cincinnati on Wednesday for an amateur mic night or something with an actual paying crowd. Really? So, or uh, paying, or it's just a cr- actual non-comedic. And when is that going to be? Wednesday night, uh, November 23rd. November okay. 20th, excuse me. November 20th, Wednesday night at 8 o'clock? Fantastic. Go bananas, I think. I yeah, don't know. go check out Joe if you're in the area. Please do, guys. There you go. All the people that are listening to this are going to go pay to see you do stand-up after listening to you talk. That's going to be do. great. No, but it's – hopefully that'll be a little better. But it's definitely different than what the 1868 show would do – would be. But, like, I what I do is I use 1868 to test stuff, and I bring it to the open mics, which I guess is the wrong way, but – well, I mean, it's just, it's so temperamental. I mean, I had that experience on Wednesday at our 1868 show. I thought you did. No, I mean, I, oh, no, I, I appreciate uh, for that. For those of you that don't know, Charlie is the best comedian in our club. Okay, just please quit. There. Don't blow smoke up my ass. I'm not, just I'm being because honest. You're coming into my Ask podcast. anyone at the club. Well, Will? Okay, we, we're I, not going to. I agree. I agree you. with him. Okay, you. well, thank you guys very much, but we're not going to get into, like, skill level. I'm just saying on a joke-by-joke basis, I Charlie did. is the best. Charlie is the best. Uh, okay, thanks, guys. Well, I did, fi- I did five minutes of brand new material and five minutes of very old material because I like to sandwich it in a little bit where I feel like I might be like opening with bad jokes or jokes that I don't know are going to work, and then I try to jump in with jokes that I've done numerous times and I know have worked, and my old jokes didn't even work as well as well, they usually do. I think the part of that is because, for 1868 at least, a lot of people go like every a lot of the people there um they come pretty much to every show 
So I guess why I think a lot of people are actually not doing too well. You think that it is a uh, recursion problem? Yes, I, I think so. Interesting. I I thought that 1868, well, maybe because you're bringing like your friends. Is yeah. that what you're trying to say? You're yeah, bringing in like, like a lot familiar faces every single time, and then they're there for hearing the jokes yeah. over and over again. Yeah, so like if you go to like different open mics or something, it would be fine if you keep on saying the same stuff, but like because... Which is what you're supposed to yes, do. Yes, because that's how you get it better. But like when exactly. you're saying the same stuff to the same crowd, that's part why I try to do the different stuff every time, because... But the same stuff, they won't like laugh as much, I, even if it's changed. They'll still be the same basic ideas. They may not laugh as much, which means I won't get as good feedback from it. I, sh- I, I guess I don't know. I just think, yeah. Sorry, I've done a lot of going with that thought. No, I was just saying that in general, I wanted to make sure that I get to uh, you talking about uh, your upcoming performances. Okay. So, in regard to that, you have. Let's say that one more time. I w- November 23rd at 8 o'clock. Sorry, w- November 20th. Wednesday, November 20th. Wednesday, November 20th. Yes, Wednesday, November 20th, I think at 7 or 8 o'clock at Go Bananas Comedy Club in Cincinnati. Have you been there yet? To Go Bananas, no. I have not. Okay, but, okay, but you've been to like several other ones at Open this mics, point? yeah. Okay. I'm looking well, forward to it. Well, let me also, let's, Joe, I don't want to keep you too much longer, so let's just go ahead and plug this final uh, Wilk show yeah, that we uh, have coming up. That's on Miami University's campus, December third at eight p.m. You can come see Not Very Funny as a Club, which Joe, you will be performing. I'm presuming. Yes, I will be, so and I will be as well. So come check that out, Joe. Do you want to plug any social media? Yeah, sure. Follow Joe Delaney one six one eight on Instagram. So that's J O E D E L A N E Y one six one eight on Instagram. And then I might as well just throw mine in there. If you want to follow me on Twitter at charlie clark underscore 98 you can follow updates for not only the podcast but just my general ramblings if you don't get enough of my rambling on this podcast you can get plenty of it on my twitter and then follow not very funny mu on instagram and that's where you're going to see all of our show dates also podcast updates because i'm making our pr manager post all of the podcast information and uh, he seemed to be okay with it. Steve, great guy. Shout out to Steve for doing all the great PR work that we've had this semester. Yes. Uh, Tuesday, December 3rd, 8 o'clock. Good way to kind of take a break from school and whatnot. And just I, I agree because it's like, you know, you're getting into finals and, you know, if you want to start studying early and then you get bogged down, a lot of people like to – that's what I've heard. People like to come out, joke around for an hour, laugh, and then you can get back into whatever you official. were doing. It's very It seems like what you'd see in a normal – Yeah, it's more of like thing. a – exactly. So – Joe, thank you for coming on. You took it too far. Thank you, Charlie. I did take it too far. You took it too far, and that's what I titled the podcast because I knew I was going to have comedians in here taking it too far. So thank you for doing so because you're just proving my point. Thank you, Charlie. It's a pleasure being here, and I apologize if I said anything offensive. No apologies necessary. Thanks for coming in. Thank you, guys. Producer Will, Joe Delaney, just left the studio. How did you feel about that episode? It was, I think there was, it was quirky, but it was good. Oh, yeah, he's a hell of a guy. Love him. He's a very funny guy. I, I definitely encourage anyone listening to go check him out, check Not Very Funny out. I just want to, uh, next week, we will have Olivia Schankenberger on the podcast, another member of Not Very Funny, uh, very hilarious lady, and I'm looking forward to hearing from her, as I'm sure you are, Will. Hell, yeah, she's awesome. All right, well, thank you for listening to You Took It Too Far. We'll see you next week.